Coming up, the Rangers lost in six games. Their season is over. I've given it some time to marinate, and I talked about it. A little bit of a shorter episode, but I did explain kind of my feelings about this Rangers team. And also, I did make a point about the NBA Finals and what we saw in Game 5 last night between the Celtics and the Warriors. All that and more coming up next. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome back. Episode number 70. So a nice round number for y'all. I'm kind of laughing at the beginning of this episode trying to figure out what I'm going to say because at the end of the day, I think most people have a certain expectation that when they read the uh, description or the title of this episode, which as I'm recording this, I don't know exactly what that's going to be, but I have an idea. You probably think that this is going to go a certain way. And nobody wants to turn this on and hear someone who's a salty Rangers fan after a team that was supposed to be in the fourth year of a rebuild went within a couple wins of the Stanley Cup championship, complain or be salty or cry about the refs. But at the same time, it's a fan who's you don't want to hear him make excuses like, oh, well, he had this opportunity. Look, he could have they could have won this game really easily and they didn't win. Um, they could have won this series. They're up to up to nothing, all that stuff. So there's a couple different directions. I don't want to be that guy who is crying about it. Also, at the same time, I know that I guess my job on this podcast is to entertain and to try and come up with something to say and come up with some kind of uh, different angle that maybe you won't get somewhere else. And that's what I try and do. I, I don't try and overcomplicate it. I'm not trying to invent something new. But at the same time, the point, what I try and do here is try and be a little bit different and try and uh, give my own personal perspective. And I've been giving that throughout this process. Um, I think the first time I really did an in-depth Rangers talk on this podcast was about a year ago. And we'll get to that a little bit later, exactly what I talked about and all those things. Um, but I do want to take you through... Because I got an interesting perspective, and I want to take everyone through that perspective of sports and sports fandom and all that, because I, I always talk about that on the podcast, how I try and figure it out why this is something that I'm so into, or people are so into, and people are so emotionally drawn to sports. And the feeling I felt when it was over, and it was slowly winding down at the end, and we'll get to the game itself a little bit later, but I was just really sad. I was like, I don't want this to end right now. It's annoying. It's frustrating. Um, and I took a couple days off. I didn't want to record immediately because I didn't want to give a raw reaction because my first reaction, I was kind of angry. I didn't, um, expect that to be the reaction that I was going to get at, but I was, I was kind of, um, angry. I was like, Oh, I'm, I was just annoyed. And then over the next couple of days, I was kind of just like sulking a little bit over it and now i've gotten to a point where i can kind of compartmentalize and just actually uh, wrote down some thoughts over the last few days and now i was able to put them in order so i did immediately write down a few thoughts for the podcast right when it was over and then over the last couple days i continued to write down uh, you know a few thoughts so now we're a couple days removed um a couple nights sleep removed some some shifts in the studio all that good stuff um and now i can kind of i talked to a bunch of friends by the way so people reaching out, there's two kinds of people who reach out. There's the people who are like, 
dude great season um you know whatever it is what it is and then there's people like yo it sucks it's over and i'm just like i don't want to talk to you like i I really don't want to talk about this there's and i want to tell this story because i i thought about sharing this a little earlier in uh the playoff run but it it might be a little personal for him so I, i don't want to but i have a coworker who um up on his desk at work he had a sign uh, uh, it was a drawing of the Stanley Cup. He's a big Ranger fan, and it was a drawing of the Stanley Cup made by his, I think, I want to say seven or eight-year-old son. Drew a picture of the Stanley Cup. It says, to dad, and then it's just a picture of the Stanley Cup. And he had that hanging um, in his office. And every day, uh, I, you know, I would come in, I'd just see that, and it was still up. He told me how he watches the uh, the games with his son uh, every night, and his son gets to stay up late, and sometimes they'll, they'll watch it in the bedroom so that, you know, the kid can can stay up or fall asleep while he's watching the playoff run and he told me how into it is he is and how the emotional connection that him and his son the um bonding experience that this rangers playoff run has created between the two of them uh you know that they've bonded over this i get to work and it's i guess i get to work sunday night or monday morning and the sign's not there it's not up and that it's that's kind of when it hit me I knew they lost obviously before that and it was just another level where I kind of looked at it and I was like the signs down he took down the poster that his kid made for him of the Stanley Cup because the playoff run is over and it was um that was also a moment that was just like yeah there, there are so many different levels to it so him I texted obviously it wasn't one of those texts where I was like oh it, it sucks but you know we're building for the future blah 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 and all that stuff I, I get it I get that everyone has the talking points I did realize two things, though. Um, why I was sad that they lost. I, I was legitimately sad that they lost. Like It, it was an emotional um, reaction that I, I wasn't really expecting. Um, and it kind of made me understand maybe why I was positive throughout this process. Why some fans who were negative, and I always talked about this also, who some fans, specifically the bandwagon fans who were negative, who would always... Um, like text me like oh Igor stinks or oh this guy stinks or oh that guy stinks and I was always like positive and when they were down 3-1 to Pittsburgh I was like hey we could still come back when they had game six at the garden against the Carolina Hurricanes I was like we could still win game six even as recently as going into game six in uh, Tampa I was like hey all they got to do win one game in Tampa and then come home for game seven I was just positive Uh, and so I think those two reasons why I was positive throughout the process and why I was so down and upset when they lost um kind of relate to each other they kind of connect to each other the new york rangers played 20 playoff games in 39 days the first two rounds went seven games and they won both of those series four to three and then the last round they lost in six games four to two after going up 2-0 obviously so in those 20 games in 39 days the rangers went 10 and 10 overall and there were ups and downs throughout that process obviously being down 3-1 the two losses in pittsburgh obviously the two losses in specifically games two and game five in carolina were pretty brutal losses were pretty tough to watch and so was game six and game four against tampa bay pretty tough games to watch obviously that said it was still a stretch of 39 days where I knew no matter what was going on in my life, no matter what was happening outside of this, I was going to sit down for three hours and just have something that I genuinely enjoyed more than almost any other form of distraction or entertainment, which is at the end of the day, that's what sports is. It's a form of distraction and entertainment that we create an emotional bond with. And I was able to sit down for three hours, no matter what, and do something that I loved no matter what was going on and nothing else mattered for that time. And then in between the games, if they won, I would watch the highlights 
and you know watch the press conferences if they lost i would also i'd watch hype videos for the next game i'd watch the press conferences that uh, gallant and Kreider talking about the team and how we're going to come back and don't worry and the mentality and i knew i looked forward to the next day that they were going to be playing and to not have that anymore it's upsetting it's something that it has nothing to do with the actual sport itself, with the team itself, with the team losing, or even the future of the team, or, hey, we're building something, or any of those positive things that people like to spin. It has nothing to do with that, because I just know that I had something for the last 40 days, it's almost six weeks, right, that I was able to just every other night sit down and enjoy and watch, and and now it's gone. It's just taken away, just like that. Um, and it's abrupt and it, it's, it's a tough way for it to end. And that's kind of what Mika Zibanejad said. And, uh, I posted this, I added some music to it. I, I, I'll take the music out now, but I added some music to this. I posted this on Instagram and Twitter and it got a lot of reaction from a lot of people, but yes, it's immediately after the game and maybe he's a bit dramatic about it, but this is really how I think I felt after the game. Here's Mika. Like denying this right now, I don't know. I don't don't honestly have much to say. I just empty. It's it's um, don't want it to be over. You just feel that abrupt ending, and that he says it. I don't want it to be over, and it was just you don't. It's that's the number one thing. And there's two kinds of sad though. And that that's one. The first one is just you don't want it to be over. And it's kind of weird because I said this to someone after the game. I was like, even if they won the Stanley Cup, I would be a little bit sad that it was over. Like, even if they went all the way. And it kind of ties in. I have a weird theory about winning a final versus losing a final in any sport. It could be the Super Bowl. It could be the World Series, the NBA Finals, Stanley Cup Finals. Um, if my team were to lose the championship, then I kind of think like okay at the end of the day they play till the very end now i can compartmentalize say hockey season is over they play till the very last day of the hockey season and i can move on a little bit easier because it's over yeah they lost but the loss is not what hits me hard because i just want that entertainment i want that you know form of entertainment now there's the other sadness which is this is a really long season they got to this point they got this far who knows if they're going to get there again and they didn't take advantage of the opportunity that they had and they didn't win so that's the first kind but the second kind which is more kind of what i was talking about it's just overall at once and yet when you win you celebrate the championship and the kind of the joy and the the you get the parade and all that stuff continues so that continues on for a little bit all the enjoyment from this past season in a couple of days or not in a couple of days but maybe in a few weeks i'll be able to look back and actually watch all the highlights watch all those videos that aj castiglia makes and go nuts and, and enjoy that part of it so I will have that opportunity at some point. Um, I just don't have that today. If they win the championship, you do have that. But at the same time, we're not getting the every other day for 40 days, them playing and them playing meaningful games in the garden and Bob O'Reilly and all those things that come with it. You're not getting that anymore. So there's still that sadness, even if they would have won the Stanley Cup, as weird as that sounds. Um, The other thing that I think made this harder, obviously it's abrupt, but... I wish they were at home. Like, if they lost Game 7, I would have probably gone to New York, whether I would have been able to make it into the building or not um, is a different story. But I would have gone to New York for Game 7, which would have been tonight, Tuesday night. And 
that kind of really stunk that like they just walk off the ice and that's it like i I kind of wrote on twitter half joking can they just open up the garden for the when they do the exit interviews which they did yesterday i would have loved if they had opened up the garden to the fans kind of just let the fans in one last time to give them a standing ovation because at the end of the day there were so many fun magical moments from the beginning of the season that deserve to be applauded that deserve to be celebrated and i guess it'll be celebrated on opening night next week uh next year and i'll have to go to that um but that was the other thing i wish i did have I had gone to more games because it, it it was an opportunity that it, maybe next time I'll let it soak. I try to enjoy it as much as possible. But like I said, um, it just ended abruptly like that. And that's what kind of sucked. And that doesn't mean it's they're not going to be back. That doesn't mean they're not going to be good. It just sucks that it ended the way it ended. And, and actually, John Cooper, the Tampa Bay Lightning head coach, did say that. He said, this team will be back. This team is going to be here what they did was really impressive here's what he had to say that ranger team gerard Gallant's gonna be sitting here in not too long a future but it's hard and when you go seven you go seven you go six that was their 20th playoff game in 40 days it's hard to play 20 regular season games in 40 days let alone playoff games and for them to get as far as they did i'm amazed by what they did that's the part that's interesting because Glant will be here and John Cooper has a reason to say this he has motive to say that the Rangers will be back here and specifically Gerard Glant will be back here because he's really good friends with Gerard Glant and a lot of people questioned a lot of the decisions that Glant made and we'll talk about that a little bit later as well but at the same time this team will never be back whether it's personnel but the team that had the Henrik Lundqvist retirement ceremony this season, the team that had the Ryan Lindgren goal with 0.4 seconds to go in a game, the team that had all this magic, the team that had 52 goals from Chris Kreider, the team that had this energy, every team has its own different energy. Even Ryan Strom missing nets, he's probably not going to be back. Andrew Cobb, Frank Vetrano, we'll see what they decide to do with this roster. But this team, this season, will never happen again. So yeah, Cooper said it. They'll probably be back. And Kreider echoed the same things in his thoughts that this team will be back. But it's still sad. It's still a sting that this specific team will never be back. And even two days later, while Kreider kind of said what Cooper said, he also said that it still stings. Here's what Kreider said. It's funny, like, going a great run like that. And so many people reach out and tell you, you know, how proud they are of you, of your group. Um... Right now it stings, but it's, it's hard to be proud, you know, a couple of days after you get bounced like that. So, but I mean, this, this thing's important. We were just talking about when Tampa lost the uh, four straight to Columbus. Tort said, uh, you know, we've, we've created a monster. So I think, you know, obviously we felt like we could have gone the distance, but, you know, that's, that sting is what's going to push us over the edge, I think. So that was in the exit interviews, Chris Kreider. Now, Chris Kreider, they better name him captain this offseason. That is top priority for me, that you have to name that man captain. The, he cares so much. And yes, he's a little bit dramatic. This is two days after the game. I get it. But at the same time, he really does care. And Steph Curry, by the way, said the same thing last year after the Warriors got eliminated in the play. And he said, this is going to motivate us. We're staring in the face of this right now. It sucks. We're going to use this as motivation. And sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. I'm not saying the Rangers will be back, be back because they're really pissed that they lost this year. But people assume the team is young. The team is only improving. Igor Shesterkin is freaking Igor Shesterkin. Nobody else has him, and he's that good. 
people assume that this team will be back. But at the same time, it is really sad and upsetting. And Chris Kreider, I could have put his entire interview in here, his post game from right after they lost, his exit interview. I could have put the entire thing in here um, because as a Rangers fan, he speaks for every one of the fans. You you see how much he cares. This is why he is the captain of the team. He's the face of the franchise because he actually cares more than anyone else and maybe more than you know he even should. But you love to see it. I, I, you can't complain about that. And that's this whole team. This whole team is, I love this team. I love this fan base. Love this team. Chris Kreider. Another thing he talked about was, um, Igor Shesterkin after he would give up a goal and the whole place would start chanting Igor, like to lift him up. And Igor said himself, like this city, this team, this crowd, this, everyone lifted each other up. This team had a special bond, a special connection. And some of these guys are not going to be back. And that's part of it. And the other aspect of it is every team has its own identity, its own little things that they do. And I talked about it, it's like the 2017 Yankees. The, the last time I was de- this devastated, this disappointed about a team losing was the 2017 Yankees because they were a team that kind of came out of nowhere. The hope was maybe they make the playoffs, but maybe not. And they kind of had like a little bit of hope and then they go within one win of the World Series and lose to Houston who was at the time we didn't know this but they were cheating and they have the Aaron Judge story has 52 home runs or whatever it was and every story that happened during that season kind of made that team really special and even though the teams the following season in 18 you know losing to the Red Sox who ultimately won the championship in 19 losing also in the American League Championship Series but it just wasn't the same as that initial team so I hope that this Ranger team doesn't have that same thing where the rain the, the Yankee team in 2017 was not as good as their team is today and now I love this team but it wasn't as good on paper at least as the 2020 team or the 2021 team or the 2019 team or any of those teams and yet there was an emotional connection because that team just loved each other and played for each other and hopefully the Rangers will keep that going hopefully they'll keep the same core and they'll have that same uh, love and bond that they had this season but you don't know that you're gonna have it you just gotta wait that's something that you know, you never know that you're going to happen until it just either happens or doesn't. And that was a big part of this team that they always said throughout this process that they didn't lose in the playoffs. They didn't get eliminated early because they wanted to continue playing with each other. They loved playing with each other. And for that to be kind of the model of the team, for that to be the image of the team is really impressive. It really shows you how amazing this team really is. Um, the game i mean it felt like a slow long burning death uh game six it felt like they just lost their legs they had nothing left in them game five is actually interesting because they actually i thought played really well in game five at home at madison square garden obviously had some opportunities strome with an empty net Kreider missed a tip all that stuff yeah we get that they ultimately lose the game but they actually played really well in game five game six they had nothing and then even in a game that they had nothing they get a power play late and vetrano scores that goal and i was I lost my mind. I was, I, I, I promise you, I was, I, I was going nuts because I just assumed the season was over. I, this team couldn't do anything. And Vetrano scores the goal, and I was just, I, I was, the reaction was crazy. I, I, I was screaming and yelling. Honestly, like really, I really was. I was just ecstatic. I was like, I don't even know how they're going to score another goal in this game. But let's just get it to overtime, so I have twenty more minutes to let this season marinate for 20 more minutes give me 20 more minutes of rangers hockey and that's enough and that's all i wanted that's how much i wanted this season to just continue it relates back to everything i talked about it was just being in that euphoria being in that fake kind of alternate universe that was just 
me, the Rangers, the other Rangers fans, the community on Twitter, the Blue Yorker, the Discord group that I'm on with, you know, all my friends that I've made uh, over the course of the last couple of years in the Rangers community. So that whole thing was kind of like in one moment, I was like, wow, this is this is going to continue for just a little bit. Um, and before anyone could even celebrate 20 seconds later, and I saw like after the game, I saw the the react, the crowd reaction from the garden, but they didn't even post it because 20 seconds later, obviously Stamkos gets the goal. And at first I thought Igor made the save and I was like, oh my God, he actually made that save. And then obviously it popped, the rebound pops out and bounces off, off of Stamkos and in, um, and it all comes crashing down again and they lose. Obviously you start to think back to being up two on the two Oh in the series, being up two nothing in game three, the capo decision to, to scratch him and then not give an explanation I mean, I don't know. It just, that was mind boggling to me. You think about Igor and what he did. He's made 158 more saves than any other goaltender in the NHL playoffs so far in the playoffs. And I don't think that record will be broken in the final. It can be with how many shots on goal Colorado puts on and how good Vasilevsky is. But that's insane. That also means that he faced 158 more shots than anyone else, most likely in the playoffs, um, which is also a problem for the Rangers. But you think about all these things, and Igor was actually better. But we've seen this before. This is kind of the story with all the Henrik teams. It, you can't win with Henrik alone. The, the other team, the rest of the team, kind of had to step up. And you you were kind of waiting for that unhung, unsung hero to step up. I thought maybe it was going to be Vetrano in that moment, and it wasn't, and that sucked. Um, there's a lot of decisions to make. Like I said, I want them to keep Vetrano. I thought he added a, a shoot-first mentality to this team that was really important. I don't think he'll be that expensive. I think it'll be hard to keep Strom. I think it'll be hard to keep Cop. also. I think they need to get a, a second-line center or, or a guy who could be a hybrid second, third line, depending on what they try and do with Heedle. Maybe they put the kid line back together. Maybe they, maybe they put Heedle up with uh, Kreider and Zibanejad. We saw that work at times. So there are decisions to be made, and there's stuff to do going forward. Um, but it's over. It sucks. But that's, that's really the extent of it. The one thing I did want to talk about um, is Tampa Bay. I mean... When you talk about rivalries for New York sports franchises and New York City as a whole, it's Tampa. It's not Boston anymore. First of all, Boston, they're better than us. They win all the time. I mean, as much as it sucks to say it as a Yankee fan, as a Jet fan, um, Boston's just better at this point. Uh, the second thing is Boston, you respect them. They have a fan base. They're hardcore fans. They really care. They're kind of like us in a way that New York likes to consider themselves classier fans. But at the same time, Boston fans, they're dirty. They're grimy. They, they, they scream. They yell. They get really into it. When you think about Tampa, I don't even think there's 25 Tampa fans at all. Like No one cares about the teams down there. It's just a bunch of... It's a retirement community, essentially. It's a retirement home with a bunch of imported people who are not from there. And these teams are like new age teams. Who knows what's going on in Tampa? And you have the Tampa Bay Rays who have been the biggest thorn in the side for the Yankees the last bunch of years, right? They're the ones who have eliminated the Yankees out of the playoffs the last couple of years. They're the ones who, no matter who they put on the field, they put these loser, no-name guys on the field, and they're always incredible. You think about Tom Brady, who hates the Jets. No, You can't convince me that he doesn't hate the Jets. He purposely let the Jets get a lead so that he could come back on them. He's like, Antonio Brown, you do your shenanigans, run off the field shirtless. I don't care. I'm going to come back against the Jets. That man, I hate him more than I hate the Patriots. The Patriots mean nothing to me. The Patriots, yeah, now they have Belichick. They have Mac Jones. Who cares? Like, the, the guy I hate is Tom Brady. Tom Brady is the guy who, if you're a New York Jets fan, 
is the face of those championships and all the Jets' misery throughout those years is Tom Brady. And now he's also in Tampa winning championships. He went down there so he could win a championship. He retired and then unretired so he could win more championships. And we'll see how that goes for him. But he is the face of our misery if you're a New York Jets fan. And now the Tampa Bay Lightning. I talked about how this would be the revenge tour for the Rangers, but they get your former captains, as always. Ryan McDonough wins two Stanley Cups with them. They beat the Rangers in seven games the last time the Rangers were in the conference finals, and then they beat them again in the conference finals this year. I hate Tampa. They're a fake city, fake sports franchises, just fake, and they keep winning, and they keep beating the New York team. So if you're a New York sports fan, and you're trying to think, oh, who's our biggest rival? It's Tampa in all sports, all across the board. So I did want to talk about that. I wanted to point that out to anyone who might not know that. Uh, As far as... The Rangers. So a year ago, and I said I talk about this at the beginning, a year ago I was on this podcast and I went through, I don't understand, they're tearing it down after we're in the middle of a rebuild, we've built it up, we've gotten so close, and what, because of Tom Wilson, because of the caps, we're going to tear it down, replace the head coach, which I wanted to do, but replace the general manager with Chris Drury. All the things that the Rangers did were trading pieces away in Pavel Buchnevich. We need to get tougher. We can't have as much skill. It needs to be more of a physical game. All those things. We need championship pedigree. We need Barclay Goodrow. We're giving him an alternate captain, even though he's done nothing to prove it. All those things, I was wrong. They were right. And the fact that a year later, I'm sitting here crying that they didn't go to the Stanley Cup championship, that they lost in the conference finals, that just shows you how right they were and how far they've come. So for all the fans who want to get on me and people on Twitter, I have a new Twitter troll, by the way. If you haven't seen my Twitter account, there's someone, I might be someone who's listening right now who's trolling me. It's hilarious. I think it's really funny. I'm having a good time with it. So um, if you are listening, please keep doing it. You created like four accounts in one day. They follow basically me and a couple other celebrities, and that's it. I'm not a celebrity. The other people they follow are celebrities. I wasn't saying me and some other additional celebrities. I was saying me and then comma some celebrities. But um, and they've been trolling me about the Rangers and stuff, saying I'm a bandwagon fan and whatnot. But you could go back a year ago and listen to my podcast from a year ago and listen to me talking about them tearing it down, or you could go search my Twitter from I don't know ten years ago, pictures and videos that I take at games and stuff and how much I cared then also. But I don't need to prove myself. Obviously, I don't feel the need to prove myself, although it just sounded like I probably did. Um, but at the same time, like how far they've come in the last year, how far this team has come from the Rangers of a year ago and tearing it down and feeling like the whole rebuild came to a screeching halt. And now how it was catapulted to this point where it is almost disappointing that they didn't go to the Stanley Cup final. And I talked about this with someone today, um, Ed Norris, who hosts the morning show here in Baltimore, is a big New York Rangers fan. And I was saying, look, I understand that at some point I I kept thinking, I didn't think they were going to go to the Stanley Cup final, right? If you told me at the beginning of the playoffs or even at any point during the playoffs, yeah, this team is actually going to go to the final, I wouldn't have, I would have been like, I don't expect it. But at the same time, throughout the process, I just felt like it was never going to end it just felt like in it when once you're in it it feels like why should they lose why should this end now so maybe going into it you're like yeah i don't think they're going to go to the comp final but then they got so close they were right there right 2-0 lead and a and two nothing in game three so all that is upsetting it hurts but i hope this kind of explains what i felt about it and why i felt the way i felt i think for me it does and this is kind of therapeutic now i could go back watch highlights 
um, and move on, really, because at the end of the day, it is just sports. It is just a team. It was really fun. It was amazing while it lasted. Everything comes to an end. And uh, hopefully they'll be back next year and I'll take advantage of the opportunity that I'm given to go to games and uh, enjoy this team because I really enjoy this team. The 2022 Rangers will always be one of my favorite sports franchises of all time. And I'm just happy I got to enjoy the ride while it lasted. I did want to make one NBA's finals point. Um, I've only gone for like not that long, 27 minutes right now. So I do want to make one finals point because I I haven't gone for that long and I could make one point. It'll be really quick. And I guess this will be a shorter episode anyway. But the Warriors did win game five, a pivotal game five. Does it mean Boston can't come back in the series? No, Boston can still come back in the series. I thought Jason Tatum was insane at times. And so was Jalen Brown at times. So I thought the, the Celtics... They could totally come back in the series. They could win at home for sure in game six and then come back and win game seven. Um, So I'm not counting them out yet, although I do think obviously the Warriors and the statistics back this up, especially when you have a team with the championship pedigree that the Warriors have. When you go up 3-2 in a series after the series was tied 2-2, you have a really good chance at winning that series. But one thing that I did see, and I saw Skip Bayless, and I don't want to talk about Skip because he's an idiot. Like I don't want to talk about Skip on this podcast necessarily, but... He was saying, that's the greatest player of all. That's the greatest shooter of all time. That's a top 10 player of all time. Steph Curry, we're still going to give him all these accolades. Is he going to get Andrew? Is he going to have Andrew Wiggins steal the finals MVP away from underneath him again? Just like he had a Godala do to him in 2015. Steph Curry's not even going to win the blah, blah, blah. Oh my God. Because he was what? 0 for 9. And what was this? The first time in 300 games that he hadn't hit a three in a game. It needs to stop with the Steph Curry narrative the Steph Curry haters it's incredible that they even still exist but the fact that they were able to win a game with him going over nine from three yes it says a lot about the team it says a lot about what everyone else on this team was able to do but you can't have it both ways you can't say there's no offense on this team besides for Steph Curry he's the entire offense on this team and then come back and say oh well look they won a game without him with him going over nine he was terrible Steph Curry what's different between him and every other superstar in basketball ever is that when he's on the court, whether he's hitting shots or not, you have to. Did you see the Celtics giving him wide open looks at the end of the game? Did you see them not running around trying to trap him and chase him and totally preoccupied with trying to stop one guy because he was 0 for 8 or 0 for 7? No. They kept having to double team him. They kept jumping on him, trying to deny him the ball. Their entire defense was running around following Steph Curry as he swarmed around the court. And guess what? That's why other guys were able to get wide open lanes to the basket. That's why Andrew Wiggins was able to make plays. That's why whoever it was, Jordan Poole was able to make plays. Clay Thompson was able to get open threes because they were so worried and so preoccupied about Steph Curry. Forget about the fact that he started going to the rim and making layups that he wouldn't have made in the past because he's worked on his game. Forget about the passes that he made out of double teams. Just the simple fact of him running around on the floor and doing what he always does, which is constantly circling, constantly running, constantly backcutting, constantly setting screens, and having the Celtics defense just running around trying to chase him, not let what happened to them in Game 4 happen again. That is what won the game for the Warriors. So it's not that they won despite Curry. It's not that they won even though, yeah, Curry had a terrible game, but they won. It's everything that Steph Curry does besides for score 
which is the reason why they won. So did is it amazing that they won considering he was 0 for 9 from 3? Yeah, it's a testament to the team. And yes, it was an opportunity for Boston and Boston blew an opportunity. All that is true. But at the same time, Steph Curry is a huge, huge part of the reason why they won the game. It's not that they won the game and it happened to be Steph Curry was there and it's amazing that they won without him. He is the reason they won the game amongst others. But yes, he is the biggest reason why they continue to win. And if they win the championship, it'll be because of Steph Curry. And I think people, the difference between this year and 2015 is people understand that finally. In 2015, the Cavs were so preoccupied with stopping Steph that he was okay with letting everyone else do the work and get the points and get all that stuff because he was doing the same stuff. Now, how I think the way the league understands how Steph plays and the value that he brings, I still think he'll win the finals MVP if they go on to win the finals because people actually understand and appreciate what Steph does on a basketball court every night. So I did want to make that point because you're watching greatness and I hate when people try and deny the greatness that they're watching by pointing out stupid things that don't exist. So <laughs> got a little angry there, but it's about uh, Steph Curry. See, I moved on from the Rangers pretty quickly. Either way, I'll finish this podcast the way I have ended the last few episodes and then we'll be done with it. I still love this team. Let's go Rangers. I can't wait for October. See you next time. You. With the best nights of my life You got the light that always shines I miss the way that you move and the way I get high When you take me to your heights Like I'm standing in the sky I see your subway cars and your old graffiti I breathe your air when I land in another city I'll be that one that's got you printed on my bones Yeah, you're all I know Everywhere I go, oh, oh, I ain't changed it oh, 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 Always on my road, I'm still New York You're the only oh, 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 that I'll ever know My concrete walls, I'm still New York Drive down Riverside See the birds flying on the high line With the sidewalks burning We pray for rain in July I want the Yankees 99 yeah. And the Knicks on a sold out night When the curtains close And the Broadway streets are alive hey. I need your heartbeat close Don't you ever leave me And I breathe your air When I land in another city And I
I ain't changing at all. I'm still here. 